Think about what it means to be black in America. For you, the stakes are higher. You not only carry the weight of your own hopes and dreams, but the weight of an entire people. You're also judged by what the majority sees on TV and the news so that when people see you, most of the time, they see all the hood and none of the good. Now imagine you join a workforce just like any other, where you're already marginalized in the country as a result of your blackness. And then a movement comes along that now makes you an enemy of your own people, this time because of the blue uniform you wear. What is it like to police while black? My guest, Richmond Community Police Officer Farad El Amin, and I discuss just that in this episode of Trendy Black. Welcome to another episode of Trendy Black. Today, we're going to talk about policing in uh, Black America. My guest today is Officer El Amin, who is a Richmond uh, police officer. Um, Officer El, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Talk a little bit about what you do. What's going on, y'all? Yep, I am a police officer in Richmond, Virginia. I'm a community police officer in Richmond, Virginia. And I've been an officer in totality for... 12 going on 13 years, and I'm, I'm blessed to have my job. I know the police are really looking bad all across the nation here recently. Um, but the thing is, that doesn't tell the whole story. What a lot of people don't know is the folks who sign up to do the job mm-hmm. for the right reasons are out here serving um, folks because that's what they like to do. Um, and it, it just gives you an extraordinary feeling when you're out, out there doing the job and helping folks. And it's not um, just a one-way street either where we help folks. Folks are blessing us back too with the conversations and the interactions that we have in general. So overall, I've had an absolutely wonderful time being a police officer. All right, so that's why we that's why we're having this conversation, right? Because there is a lot of focus on policing uh, and police reform in America right, right now. Even the whole defund the police um, movement that's going on, right. um, and people typically only see what's on the news. Um, their view of everything or their exposure to things are you know very narrow. Um, and then we think about the media, whatever kind of story they want to spend, whatever day, that's what they put out there, right? right. So. Um, I want to go back to something you said about people doing the job for the right reason, right? right. So you say you've been doing this for about 12, 13 years yep. um, now. So tell me a little bit about how you got into um, this work. Like what what made you decide that you wanted to become a police officer? Like as a black man, um, like did your parents ever have the talk with you about police and interacting with police? Like what, what was the impetus for getting you into this work? Yeah, so it's, it's not a typical story. Um, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, well, Henrico County, which, you know, is on the border of Richmond. And um, I listened to rap, and I've had some bad experiences with the police um, back in the day. So I did not want to be a police officer. It was a a thing that was a necessity. I needed a job. I was actually, I was working for Verizon. I was a, a manager and an instructor, and they were downsizing, and I got laid off. You know, I got my severance check and all that stuff, but... You know, what was it, like $40,000 in? That ain't going to last but so long. My sister, she's a major um, with the Richmond Police Department now, and I think she was a sergeant or a lieutenant at the time. She said, Farage, you know, come on, be a police officer. I'm like, no, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 
And I apply other places, like I was over at Wachovia. They're not Wachovia now. But anyway, I did another customer service job, but I didn't like that work. And I was 34 at the time. I, um, I was like, all right, and my plan, listen to this, my plan was go to the police academy. I was, believe it or not, I'm 5'2", I know I'm short, but I was like 180, 180, 185 pounds. So I was a little bowling ball, right? I said, <laughs> I can go to the academy, lose this weight, get another job, and they'll pay me while I'm at the academy, so I'm just going to get in shape. And that was in 2009. It is 2021 now. Right. So I didn't get another job, obviously. Um, I grew up not liking the police. I had a bad experience. Um Tell us about the and, experience you had. All right, I was in um I was going to Potomac Mills. So this cop, he was a um Spotsylvania cop. And um I was driving, you know, down the highway. I wasn't speeding, but a bunch of people sped past me. I thought he was gonna go get those guys. He didn't, he pulled me over and he put the um there's a little machine you can put on windows mm-hmm. to gauge the tent in it. Because I had my windows tinted. And he was like, hey, your um, tent is too dark. And he got me out of the car. At the time, I had my wife and my daughter in the car. He put me in cuffs, put me in his car, um, pat me down, and he wrote me a ticket. For tinted windows. For tinted windows. Mm. Um, That, ooh, that, thinking about that makes me sick to my stomach. Now, that was way before I was a cop. Yeah. Um, But that stuck with me. I mean, he was just a nasty dude, and he didn't look like me, um, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't say I thought all cops were bad after that. That just left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, anyway, so when my sister asked me to be a cop, I was like, nah. And then when I couldn't find another job, I was like, all right. Maybe. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then after the academy, uh, I saw, okay, it looks like I'm going to be a cop. I was like, all right, well, what kind of cop are you going to be? So the blessing in what happened to me was I knew what I wasn't going to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, this dude got me out of the car on the side of 95. My wife's in the car. My baby's in the car. And I'm in a police car. But I knew this because my dad had to talk with me. Yep. You do what the officer says. Yes, sir. No, sir. All that. And I was doing all that stuff. So I figured I was going to be good. And I, I had a plus five um, driving record. Mm-hmm. So I like I had no nothing. I hadn't been arrested, nothing. He could look me up and see, I'm, I'm a good dude. I got a, a job, you know. Anyway, no, he was just nasty. Mm-hmm. So he showed me what not to do as a cop. So that's the blessing in that. And I'm not saying when he did that to me, I was like, oh, I'm going to go be a cop and I'm going to be a good. No, that's not how it happened. Right. It was years afterwards. But when I started really patrolling in the city, and I saw what people were going through, um, especially in the city. I was like, dude, the last thing they need is some clown in their face yelling at them and on a power trip making things worse. You feel me? Yeah. Um, so, and Verizon, even though I didn't like being there, I was a customer service manager. I used my customer service skills, believe it or not. I believe it. Um, I'm out here talking to people, and the only difference is we're not on the phone. I know it's face-to-face. But T, listen, um, people don't really want to give the cops um, trouble. 
mm-hmm. 98% of the folks that we deal with, or with I, what I deal with, and, and there actually there's stats about this, 98% do what the cops ask them to do. It's 2% that don't. They fight, try to kill the cop, or try to run. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 2% make the news. Yeah. The 98%, you don't hear nothing about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and don't get me started on the media thing, because there are some great people who are in the media. You understand? Um, I think the, that platform, sometimes, depending on the business and the company, they can be really irresponsible, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. So, anyway, um, I really felt like I naturally, I'm a natural, I'm not a nice person. I just am. I, well, I am most of the time. I, I got <laughs> are we all, like, though? Like, no, no, not, no, no. Some people have bad dispositions, in my opinion. And that's just my opinion. I'm not judging. Okay. But some people have, no, you know what I'm saying. Like, it's an insecurity thing, I know. If I'm this way all the time, then nobody's going to mess with me. So yeah. they just keep up this guard. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And they could be nice. So you're right. Most people are nice. Yeah. But some people put up that guard and they're nasty. Because they're always playing defense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really that dude. Um, some people say I look serious all the time. And I really can't help that. But I didn't try to change it. So I guess maybe some people thought I was mean. But really I like to go into situations. I always think it's going to work out. Yeah. Like every time I get out the police car. I'm like alright this is going to work out. No matter what's going on. I've always been that way. And um. I'm like, okay, so you're just going to ramp it up a little. You're going to be even more positive. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes it doesn't go that way. Right. But here's the thing. You just cross that bridge when you get to it. So I want to touch on something that you talked about because you said, you know, 98% of people don't want trouble with the police, right? Mm-hmm. And you brought up something that is kind of it, – it, you always hear it from people who, um, who may have not had the same – interactions with police that maybe you know black men have had with police right so you say when when whatever happened when the incident happened to you Mm -hmm. you followed what your what your parents said you listened you were compliant you did what you were supposed to do and the cop was still just nasty about it right Mm -hmm. do do you feel like that happens more often than not where the cops where people are compliant and people are doing what Um, they're asked I can't, you and know what? So sometimes people can still, you I, know. I can't say because I'm not there. Mm-hmm. If like, if if I were to do numbers, right, I'm going to say it definitely doesn't happen most of the time. Right. Because if if you were to like take me for instance, twelve years, come on, thousands and thousands and thousands of interactions I've had with people pulling them over, stopping them, and it doesn't go like that. It's, I'm a nice dude, mm-hmm. but it hasn't always been nice. Yeah, I've used four-letter words and gone off. I was in a bad mood and all that stuff, and I've been suspended and everything. Mm. Right? Yeah, I ain't lying. I'm keeping it 100. I um, cops are human. Yeah. Right. Here's the thing, though. Here's the problem to me. There's some people, like if if I'm mad, I'm I might cut somebody out, right? Yeah. And I shouldn't do that. That's rude. It's inappropriate. I shouldn't do that. Right. Reprimand it or even fire it. Their people, when they get nasty and when they get scared, somebody ends up losing their life. Yeah. That is garbage. Yeah. Like, they can't make it through the academy. They, 
you got to do something to make sure they don't make it into the department. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's my big thing. Um, and I know you want to know about training and stuff, and we can get into that whenever you want. I but, do want to talk about training, and this is a good time to talk about it since you brought up the so, academy. So let me, let me just start it with this. Everybody's got a plan. And I think Mike Tyson said this, everybody got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. I had some, some people who I was in the academy with, um, and we box in the academy, box each other mm-hmm. as part of the training. Because, you know, you might have to get in a fight. So y'all got to beat each other up so, they, so you know what it's like. Listen, you're going to think this is real funny, but I, I think it's a concern. Some of the people in my academy have never been in a fight before, ever in their life. And that is a surprise to me. Now, some people say, well, you ghetto if you fight that much. I say it's not that I'm fighting that much. I got brothers and sisters. Yeah. And if you got brothers and sisters, there's no way that you haven't fought to Oh, we used to fight all the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the guy in the fight, I can't remember if he got into a fight before. I think he had it. Hey, and I hope he's not listening. But <laughs> we get in there and we put him up and he's doing what he thinks is fighting. And it, I mean, it wasn't that bad. He he wouldn't let me hit him. Like, he was just kind of backing away from me the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then he turned his body so I couldn't hit him with my right hand. But he left his whole left side open. And I caught him with one. I was, And I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> Laid him out, right? Yeah. Um, he gets up. But anyway, my point is, we were in a training environment. Yeah. Right? What does that person do when they're in the street and they get caught right on the nose? Yeah. Some people might go for their gun. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's and it's not appropriate. Yeah. And I'll take it even further. Some people just at the threat of you getting beat up. Nobody's even touched you. Yeah. And you shooting somebody? I but, think that goes back to what you said about police being human. Like that, you know, here's here's like kind of where um where I where, where I kind of want to go with this conversation, right? So, like, as far as the training goes, because I know you're an instructor, too, yeah. you told me. Um, and so, as far as the training goes, because I feel like people expect police to be more than just, like, you know, people that are there when there's a problem, right? right, right. Or, or they expect you all to identify maybe when someone is really violent yeah. and, and their intention is to be violent versus... When something's just not right. So I think about like all of the incidences lately where people have, um, you know, where it's been determined maybe after the fact that people have been having like some sort of mental health crisis or something, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, In the moment. And I can't imagine like if it was me in the moment, I don't know this person's intention. I don't know what's going on, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're in the academy, when you're training police officers, and even when you were going through training, like what was that like? Did y'all even talk about that? No, so... So here's the thing, and I'm going to give you some of my ideas, because anytime people have a problem with something, I'm like, all right, you can name the problem, but I want you to give me a solution, too. Mm-hmm. All right. I haven't got it all figured out, but I'm going to make some suggestions. So let me just frame it for you. I'm in training. You know what I'm afraid of in training the most? Mm. Losing my job. Mm. I'm not thinking about dying in training. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's the big thing. We got these, we call them blue guns. They're guns and they're blue and they're made out of plastic. So when we do our scenarios and we have um, people, you know, portraying 
a situation, whether it's a domestic, a robbery or whatever, you get to the person and then you do what you think you would do in the real world with your blue gun. And they have blue And we even have um, the guns with the paint bullets too. Okay. Right? But they give us helmets and we know the day before that we're going to do it and we put on sleeves. Mm-hmm. How scared do you think I'm going to be going into that scenario? On a scale of one to ten, I probably would say like a two or a three. No, you well, here's, know. here's the thing. I'm scared, but I'm scared because I don't want to fail in front of my peers. Right. So what? I don't want to lose my job. So what? And not a safety. But not, I don't think I'm going to die. Yeah. So what I believe needs to happen, somehow, some way in training, we need to find out what people would do if they thought they were going to die. Mm-hmm. Without them being able to respond and hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, their brain says, oh, my goodness, I'm about to die. Mm-hmm. And what is this? Fight or flight or freeze. And that's all you can really do. Yeah. Because think about it. I've, I've been out on the street now, you know, like I said, 12, 13 years. And I've come up on situations where people have guns. Um, and training tells me, all right, you're looking for this. For instance, something simple. It's July. If somebody has on a leather coat <laughs> and it's sagging to one side, like they got a brick in their pocket, yep. it's probably not a brick, but it could be. But they train us, that person probably has a gun. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not everybody knows that, but they teach us that. And then we do scenarios, we do it over and over again. And you're scanning to see stuff like that. And then when you get out on the street, believe it or not, you see stuff like that. I'm like, oh, they got a gun. Mm-hmm. Right? So you see that. and But anybody can do that. Yeah. Like... Next time you go somewhere, just watch people. If you see somebody with a, a leather coat on and it's 100 degrees, something's up. Right. Now, I'm not saying they got a gun. Right. I'm saying, but there's a good chance something's going on with that person. Right. All right. Um, so I'm an instructor on the mental health side at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is training yeah, around it's, it's it. It's called crisis intervention. Okay. Training, CIT. Okay. And we all have to go through it. But again, and this is what I told you a moment ago. Um, I believe you have to care, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because here's the thing. We're human beings, right? I'll give, I'll give you one of my bad days. Uh, I'm a big LeBron James fan. <laughs> um, they had lost, this is years ago, when they lost to the Mavericks in okay. the finals. I took that to work with me. Like, I, I was working midnight show. I was mad, mad, mad. Oh, you a fan fan. Yeah, LeBron. Yeah, you a fan fan. I'm a Celtics fan, but LeBron... <laughs> does so much in the community and he is such a great person in my eyes. Yeah. He's like the Barack Obama of the NBA to me. Yeah. So I, I love that dude. But they lost. I was mad. I'm like, oh my goodness. Anyway, irritated. Now this is just something light. Um but I could tell by the time it was 11, 12 o'clock, I was like, dude, I'm kind of annoyed and irritated by everybody, even my coworkers. Mm-hmm. But when I was dealing with people in the street, I'm like, hey, no, sir. Not today. Mm-hmm. Whatever they want. No. No. Stand right there and be quiet. Mm. That. Nasty, right? Mm-hmm. I was in a bad mood. Now, they, they train us. Hey, check this, your, your um, temperature before you come in here. Leave your stuff at home. You can't bring that out here on the street. It'll get you hurt. It'll get one of your coworkers hurt. It'll hurt somebody. And you have to be um, aware of that, right? But again, I was 34. And I had some life experience. 
I had already been through a divorce. My um, oldest daughter, who was 23 now, she had been in a bad accident. My mom had passed away. So I just had some things that I had to deal with through the years, which made me a little calmer than the ordinary officer. Because when I would see stuff, oh, okay. Right. Seriously, like, they got a gun. I'm like, all right, but they're not pointing at me. And the way they're behaving makes me think they're going to chill. Mm-hmm. And they're listening to me right now. That's literally how it goes almost all the time yeah. with me. But here's what I believe. That energy you bring to that call usually is given back to you. All right? So, And I know I'm, I'm going way out there, but training? Yeah. I got an actor yelling at me. And all I want to do is pass the scenario. Yeah. You hear me? Um, I'm not going to die. They train me to do this and say this. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Here's the thing. You know what happens sometimes when you get out in the street? It doesn't happen the way it happens in training. Right. Then what do you do? Right. I'll tell you what happens. People who've never been in a fight before, people who've never even seen people living in situations they're living in. Um. What's the best, the nicest way to say this? You cannot relate to what that person is going through at all. Right. This lady just got beat up by her husband Mm -hmm. for the hundredth time. This little kid doesn't know who his dad is. Um, He hasn't eaten in a a day. Um, And he's failing, failing out of school. And his best friend was killed last week. I'm not going to that house and saying, sir, um, how are you today? Oh, sorry to hear that. Well, your music's too loud, so I need you to turn your music down. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. It's not like I have a um, crystal ball or anything like that. They do train us to come in and you assess and you look and you look at the cues. Is the person even looking at you while you're talking? Um, what are you feeling from that person? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, what energy are you feeling? Some people are better at it than others. Um, somebody cussing you out doesn't mean they're going to kill you, right? Whatever you experience. Maybe you've never been cussed out before. I've been cussed out before. I became oh, why I've been cussed out yeah. <laughs> So, when somebody cussing me out in the street, I'm like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you know, cuss back at you, but okay, that's where we are right now. Now, if you pull a gun or you are not talking to me and you blade your body, when I say blade your body, like, all right, you're not even paying me any attention. You're balling up your fist. It's stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to let it build up like that, right? Yeah. And I'm still trying to talk to you and I am going to end up reacting to whatever it is you're going to do. Right now, I just gave you a whole lot of information. I'm just saying somebody who does not have that experience of real interaction with somebody going through it, going through it. Yeah. They may not have the tools. Yeah. And I don't um, I don't know if training alone. Let me say that. Right. Training alone can solve that problem. I think you need a certain type of person. Person. Yeah. That wants to see what's going on, wants to figure it out. And I'm going to say this too. I would rather die, honestly, than 
kill somebody, uh, innocent person. Yeah. I really would. But that's that's my now that's my faith. Yeah. That's not my training. That's my mama and my daddy telling me, do God's with you guys, with everybody. And when it's your time, it's your time. Treat people the way you want to be. Treat that whole thing, right? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I get scared. I've been scared plenty of times. And if cops tell you they're not scared, they lying. Had one guy, oh, just robbed a uh, Chinese spot. I didn't think, I was going to see him. I went that way, but he didn't have on the clothes. So I say, yo, my man, what's good? You know what he said to me? Mm. He said, I didn't do it. <laughs> the hair on the back of my neck stood up. Yeah. Now, they tell you that in the academy. Like when you get that feeling in your stomach and, and the hair on your arms or your neck stand up, something's up. Yeah. It doesn't mean he did anything, but something's up. He turned and ran and grabbed his gun on his hip. And I'm like, oh, no. Right. But watch this. Before I gave chase, I had to have a talk with my knees mm. to say, hey, come on, dude. You signed up for the job. Right. And my knees are like, dude, turn around and go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. It was like 930. I just got out of the um, precinct. I'm looking up at the sky. It was a clear, starry night. And I'm like, dude. And something says, dude, do your job. Yeah. And I said, all right. Long story short, I ended up catching the dude. Um, he didn't shoot me. I didn't shoot him. I was scared. Anyway, um, training a company with a person who genuinely wants to serve the community, I think, ends up making a, a great um, cop. And do you feel like, in you know, in your experience, that other fellow officers that that you meet, that um, that there are officers out there who do not have that? Here's the thing. That empathy it's, or maturity. It's not easy to figure out who doesn't have that. That's where I was going. Because, yeah. like, when we're smoking and joking and whatnot, eating our donuts. Mm -hmm. Now, let me address that. Not too. donuts. No. <laughs> I like donuts way before I became a cop. So, I'm not going to stop eating donuts. And, and y'all just need to. And I'm going to say, you know, anybody who's joking cops about donuts, just find another joke, please. Yeah. I eat donuts. I don't eat them in uniform. Because I do still feel the shame of the joke. But, um, nah, so it's usually a cool environment. So we go to roll call to see who's here, make sure we got our equipment, to give us our assignments. All right, you're going to be riding with blah, blah, blah. You're going to be alone. You're going to be working this sector today, Elamine, blah, blah, blah. Right? We chilling. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm in a good mood. Or not in a good mood. But most of the time, I'm in a good mood, and we're talking about the game. Um, hey, how's the family? All of that stuff. Doing that stuff. Yeah. Anybody can do it any job. So, I don't know that you're going to do something stupid when you are super scared mm -hmm. unless I'm in that situation with you. Now, I have been in a situation where somebody was scared, but they had good reason. Um, and I know I'm, I keep diving into stories. So, but this, I think, will be a good example. So, usually... Nothing's going on. 98% mm -hmm. of the people are compliant and we're chilling. Okay, somebody runs from us. We chase them. Okay, no big deal. Somebody robbed the store. We didn't make it. They got away. Okay, we know the guy. We'll go get warrants. But then every now and then, we, I had a, a, a guy. He was now, this was clue number one. And I didn't even want to deal with this guy. Got a call. I was about to get off of work. Said there's a guy walking in the neighborhood. And it's, it's like 7 o'clock in the morning, so the sun's up. Say so he's yanking on people's um, car doors. 
and trying to pull the tires off of their cars. And I'm like, oh, when I hear that, I'm like, what is that dude doing? Mm. I'm just thinking to myself. Yeah. And this is this is um over top side. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, all right, let me go. So I go and I see the dude. And he's in somebody's backyard. He's like, oh no, I'm just taking a piss. I was like, oh all right. I said, bro, let me just get some ID though. Takes off running. Mm. So I'm like, oh man, he got a good jump on me. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not gonna catch this dude. My backup came the other way. So this guy runs straight to where my backup was coming from. Yeah. Um, so my backup was right on him and out the car and chasing. So I'm like, oh, here we go. Now I got to catch up. <laughs> and this, if you're familiar with Southside, this is over by George Whiff High School. There's a um, street called Dunstan. And there's some woods. And there's a creek. They go into the creek, which we're not, we're not even supposed to do that. But they went. Cops are not supposed to chase people into the woods because it could be an ambush. The same yeah, issue. yeah. Um, but my boy was right there, so I, I think that's why he went. Anyway, they end they end up getting in the water, running, and the water's like up to their knees, up to my waist. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm up on them, but I don't jump in the water because I'm like that water for a regular sized person is cool. For a person my size, not so much. <laughs> but the dude falls, um, and he had a, a daggone butcher knife. Pulled it out of his jeans, turned, and um, caught my boy, my partner, in the throat with the um, with the knife. And when I saw that, they were right, right, right beneath me, in the ditch, in the water, in the in the creek. Um, and I jumped on both of them. Mm-hmm. And we all went down into the water. We pop up. My boy has his gun out now. And say dude's right here. My boy's here and I'm here. He pulls out his gun. And he's got his gun right on the dude's nose, like on his lips. And he's like, I'm cut, I'm cut. He sees the blood on his hands. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, hey, no, 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 no. I said, I said, you're fine. And he's like, no, 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 I'm bleeding. And he he, he wears um glasses. His glasses were off and everything. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm starting to get upset. Um, yeah, so he has the gun on him, and the way he was, the gun was pointing right at the dude's face, and I was on the other side of the dude's face. One, it was two of us, and I thought we could get him. Two, I didn't want to get shot. Right. So I said, no, 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 we got him. And the, the ironic thing and the blessed thing was when I said we got him and we didn't have him, the dude relaxed like we had him. Yeah. And he relaxed, and then he was like, and something must have said, oh, they don't have me, so we start fighting again. Anyway, we wrestled him, though. My boy um, knocked the, shook the, the knife out of his hand. I grabbed the guy's throat, I ain't gonna lie, and I shoved him um, under the water, because this is life or death now, right? Right. Um, he relaxes. We get up, put him in cuffs. The reason I'm telling that story is... I got to see this one cop's reaction when he was really scared, but he was cut on his throat, right? I mean, if it had been any deeper, it really, it could have been curtains from a boy. Um, But I got to see my partner in a really scary situation and he was able to hold his own. Mm -hmm. Did I help him? Sure, I helped him, but he helped me too because it was two of us and one of him. Um, 
only got one story like that. Yeah. One. So I'm interacting with the people I work with all the time, and I don't see what it looks like when you think you're going to die. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do. You can tell them. Look, people don't know what I'm going to do. Right. Right? Right. I've been in situations where guns are in the vicinity. I don't, I don't think anybody's pointed a gun at me. I fought, but nobody's punched me. I've wrestled. Um, I've chased people. I've gotten guns, wrestled guns away from people. But I've never been, oh no, I almost shot a guy. He wouldn't give up the gun. And I mean, hand on the trigger. Mm-hmm. And I waited, 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 and it finally stopped. Anyway, you don't know what somebody's going to do yeah. in situations where you really think like your life flashes before your eyes. Now, you can almost excuse that, whatever they do after that. But what I can't excuse is, and I, I don't know what city this was in. You remember the joint where the dude said he had told a cop, I got a gun. Mm-hmm. And the cop's like, okay. He says, I'm going to in the car. get it. Now, yeah, the guy in Orlando the car. Casco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to get the gun. He's like, okay. He gets the gun and he shoots him? Yeah. That's it's, disgusting. His baby was in it's, the car. His wife baby was in the car. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Now, it turns out, I, I heard um, somebody told me that that cop had a traumatic um, call like the week before, the day before, or maybe right before that call. Yeah. So that's why he was jumpy and that's why he was so scared. Here's the thing. Don't nobody want to hear that. Yeah. After you kill someone, don't, if that was my brother, that's, I don't want to hear that and I'm a cop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't have all the answers. All I'm saying is training can't do everything. You need to have somebody who's going to be even killed for the most part under any circumstance and also is willing to say, hey, last, last, last resort, I'm using um, lethal force. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And people don't know how they're going to react until they get in a situation. Yeah. Because in training, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we don't listen. We've got people that came out of the military as cops. But just because you've been in the military doesn't mean you're gonna be a good cop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not and we got some great guys and and their military background has aided them and made them better cops. But soldiers do something totally different right. than officers. You feel me? Yeah. Um and I think that needs to be clear um and a line drawn in the sand. But can you write that into a curriculum? Can you write that into somebody's soul? To no. make them do X, Y, Z when they think they about to die? Mm-hmm. No, nah, but that's, uh, you're, I feel like you're making this these transitions real easy, bro. <laughs> like you bring up this idea of soldiers, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that, right? Because there's been a lot of talk around like this, this idea of um, militarizing the police, right? Giving police, um, giving uh, these like counties and states and stuff like that, all of this equipment, additional gear and stuff like that to be able to use in policing, right? Mm-hmm. So I think about, you know, this past year, right, 2020, how we had all of these protests, riots um, after the death of George Floyd. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I attended one of the protests. Uh, it started downtown and then it ended up at the... Um, the Lee Monument. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went because my 17-year-old wanted to go at the time. And then, of course, at the time, there was like a curfew in place. And so mm-hmm. we got to a certain 
you know, time or whatever. And we were like, all right, we're going to head out before anything, you know, mm-hmm. pop off or anything happens. Um, and then later on in the evening, I was watching the news and I see where these protesters had like tear gas thrown at them and all of this kind of yep. stuff, right? And they're preparing for it when you're out there because they're like giving people milk and everything, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. hold on to this, you're going to need it later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, no, nah, we, we go into the car. Yeah, we don't right. need that. Right. <laughs> um, but do you feel like, you know, because you've been in 12, 12, 13 years now, do you feel like that that is what's happening or it has happened um, over the time that you've been in where you see like these, where you see these police departments getting more equipment? I mean, because when I was there, I don't know if the National Guard was downtown or what, but I mean, I saw a tank on the Capitol lawn. Mm-hmm. So. So here's the thing. And, that, and that's a tough, uh, touchy subject for me. Mm hmm. Because the bad apples, just like in the police, get their attention. The bad apples get their attention for the protesters. Yeah. So you got some people who don't care about George Floyd at all. Mm -hmm. They want to just tear stuff up. We got uniforms. So you can identify us, right? That last year, that was one of the toughest years of my entire life. Coupled with the pandemic. You got thousands of people with masks, no uniform, no way for me to identify them. Some people who really just want to cause harm. Right. Just because they ain't got nothing better to do. Making the Black Lives Matter movement look bad. Um, Making the George Floyd people look bad. You want to go into GameStop and just go get you a PlayStation. Is that right? And burn the place down. You want to set stuff on fire. Is that right? Now, couple that with police officers working 15 to 18 hour shifts back to back to back. Right. And being outnumbered like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. All right. Um, That's nerve wracking. I end up um, getting counseling behind that. I thought people were going to break into my house Mm. because I'm... You know, I'm known Richmond is small. Right. People know Farrar, oh, Farrar's a cop. And really nobody was coming to our defense. Mm-hmm. One, I was like, hey, yo, that's Minnesota. Stop tripping. What are you talking about? Yeah. Why are you, wait, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And now I'm working a schedule where I'm barely sleeping and I just got to deal with it, right? So then you talk about the tank and the tear gas and all that stuff. So that stuff that came out is for crowd management, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if y'all, were y'all here when VCU went to the Final Four? Yeah, I was actually. All right, word. So people were setting stuff on fire then. I remember. Right. Downtown. Mm-hmm. Right. And you need a group of people to stop that. It's crowd management team. So we got this turtle suit that we put on. People call it SWAT suit, whatever. Yeah. And the shields. So that's we use that stuff for things like that. This was similar because people were setting things on fire. Now it was just, all right, y'all are not happy. Y'all are mad about George Floyd, which is understandable. Right. But we don't know what y'all going to do. We don't know how long y'all going to do it. And this is all we got. So who you saw was state troopers came and helped us. Mm-hmm. Um, the tank does not belong to us. We do have a SWAT truck that kind of looks like a tank, but it's not a tank. Um, but that stuff is for real bad situations, um, hostage situations, stuff like that. This was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. This went on, what, May? We had protests almost every day 
for several months. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So now we're talking about, all right, officers, you can't have any time off. You just got to come work every day and just deal with it. What? What are you talking about? And they're like, and don't retaliate. Don't do anything that will get us in trouble. All right, okay. Listen, I'm going to go back to what I said before. If you haven't dealt with real stress mm-hmm. and you've been working all day long and you scared too, you might be like, man, I'm going to throw this tear gas so I can just go home. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened. Right. But you might be thinking, how in the world can I get out of this? Right. I don't want to be here. We getting a bad rap. What am I going to do? Or maybe you shouldn't be a cop. Maybe that too. But guess what's going to happen? You only want to talk about the guy who tear gassed somebody. Mm-hmm. What about the other 700 officers who held their ground, getting hit in the face with bottles of piss, bleach, two cops got shot, mm. two tw- um, one, one kid, he's got kids, got a, a, a baby, Augie's age, 20-something years old, ended up having a bunch of surgeries because he got shot in the stomach. Um... And then another officer, they'd only been with RPD for three or four years, shot. Mm. All right. Now, I'm not saying it was a protester. I don't know. Right. All I'm saying is, do you think I'm thinking about that when I get to work to find out after I had my four hours of sleep? What? What you mean? Who got? Somebody got shot. What are you talking about? So I'm thinking about that. When is this going to end? It is a bad mix. You understand? Yeah. Um. Now listen, if I thought people were just going to come and protest, oh yeah, we're just going to walk and we're just going to yell and, you know, we're going to hold up some signs. That's all we're going to do. Word? Okay. Uh, a protester got shot by another protester because they were arguing about something. Black lives, you know what, I'm not even going to put it out there. Yeah. But the rumor was Black Lives 757 didn't agree with the way Black Lives 804 was doing it and they got to argue. Now, I don't know that's when the shooting... It's like gangs now? No, not, not gangs. It's just like, no, we need to do this. I think it was one of the groups wanted the police to walk with them. Yeah. They were like, hey, no, solidarity. And then I was like, nah, no. Yeah. No, we don't want RPD with us. No. Yeah. Right? Argument somehow. Now, look, I could have it totally wrong, but that's what I heard. Yeah. All I'm saying is temperatures were running high. Yeah. Nobody talking to each other. And then you say, all right, go... Do this. And then the protest is like, oh, what you going to do? I'm like, I didn't say anything. Oh, yeah, because you probably just want to kill me. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you what happens. Now, I'm a community cop. I've been a community cop for almost seven years. I'm playing basketball at the detention centers. I'm taking a pizza. I'm DJing. I am teaching classes. Mental health, like I said, instructor. I am on the softer side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm blessed to be able to do that, right? You know when I broke down, it wasn't the first time, but weeks into it, little little young black girl screamed at the top of her lungs. I'm driving my car. She's crying. She says, "You murderer! Get a real job!" And to you, to me, hmm. and I'm like, now everybody tells me, "For us, so what? So what?" It was accumulation of all the things that had been happening. Right. And that was, wasn't the first time somebody yelled something at me. And then the graffiti, one of the worst joints was um, Save a Life, Kill a Cop. 
and mm. it's written all on our building and all on buildings all around. So I got to go see this every day. And I'm like, dude. Wow. Like for real. And I'm talking for months. Right. Months I got to do this. And the joint that really got me when I was like, nah, I need to go talk to somebody. Because I felt like I was going to hurt somebody. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I felt like, and I'm, I could have hurt an officer. Somebody just say something else to me. Mm. I'm going to punch somebody in the chest. Like, that's what, how I felt. And I was like, no, I need to go talk to somebody because I am like, and because this is unprecedented for me, Yeah. I'm like, I never dealt with nothing like this. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with these feelings? I can't do anything. Now, here's the thing. I get cussed out and people do all sort of stuff in patrol, but it's not a thousand people. Yeah. And I got the right to address it. When this stuff happened, we're just supposed to take it. Just, well, I didn't hear what you said. Mm. Nope. It, it builds up. So here's the thing. And both sides have human beings. I think people expect cops to just be like, oh, they're superhuman. It'll just roll off when it does it. It's not going to bother them because they know that it's more important that we have um, justice for George Floyd. But here's the thing. I think we should. I absolutely think we should. And I think those statues should come down. Do I think you should burn stuff down mm. in order to get that to happen? I don't, actually. Right. right. And if it was just me and you talking, we would argue about it. If it was one-on-one, I would argue with you. Not punch you. I'd be like, hey, yo, no, nah, I don't agree with that. As a matter of fact, put that gasoline down. Yeah. Like, for real, I'm actually going to stop you. Well, I think that that, that's, that kind of goes back to what you were saying, though. Like, you know, you have all of these things, all of this frustration. You know, uh, you, you have it as a uh, police officer. Yep. People who are protesting yep. and, and things like that have it as protesters. And so you get to a place where, you know, you're really at the end of your rope. Yeah. Right? Just like how you described. And yep. um, and I don't know what the what the reason is for burning stuff down or, or breaking no, things. And then people wanted to get out of the house, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it was. But guess, was guess who wasn't stuck in the house? Me. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I can't even relate to what you're saying. Yeah. I, like, I want to be in the house. Yeah. No, but it was just, it was a, a perfect storm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually surprised more horrendous things didn't happen. I'm really surprised because of how I felt. Well, let's talk about, you know, about what you said about the young girl, um, call it basically screaming calling you a murderer because you're a mm-hmm. police officer mm-hmm. as a black man who is a police officer hey, and during that it. time talk about how it. does that like what does that do to again, you again it's something you don't think about until it happens and every time i get a microphone in front of my face you know what i say hey y'all i'm black yeah. i'm black everywhere i go yeah i don't have a uniform on all the time right i said so the stuff that y'all have felt from the police i felt it too even as a police officer. Right. When I'm driving my truck, my F-150, and I don't have a uniform on, and I get pulled over, and I have mm-hmm. my hands at 10 and 2. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's because I think um, I'm going to die. It has been ingrained in me, and it was taught to me by my mother and my father. Hey, yo, don't mess around with the police. That's your lived experience. That's my as lived a black experience. Man. And... It's been working for me, so I'm going to keep doing it. Right. So when the black person comes to me and says, you murderer, look at you. What are you doing? You you with the man. You're doing this and that third. And I, my um, point back to them is, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Right. I said, I'm, I said, I ain't killing nobody. I said, I'm out here trying to keep the peace and try to serve people and do the right thing. Right? 
And if I'm holding this position, that means there's one less clown out of a job. Yeah. Isn't that right? No, no. Matter of fact, don't even talk to me. Get out of my face. Mm. And, and you know, and you know, some folks won't even talk to me. Mm. They won't even talk to me. Some of my friends don't even talk to me now. Isn't because that crazy? You're a police officer. Because I'm a police officer. Wow. Now, yeah. This is the world we live in. Yeah. But here's the thing. Don't nobody cry for the police. And I'm not asking anybody to cry for me. I'm just, I just want people to know it's out there. Yeah. And then when you got the black cop getting chastised and getting abused verbally and sometimes physically. I haven't been abused physically, fortunately. But being called pig and Uncle Tom. Yeah. Oh, you know black people will cost money Uncle Tom. No, I know. <laughs> I know, but here's the thing. It had happened to me before, just regular in the street in a patrol. Yeah. You know why I was okay? Because I could talk to the person. Yeah. Like, if they came at me like that, one-on-one, -on -one, like, hey, I said, what? What happened? Like, no, no, I, I didn't hear what you said. What'd you say? And then we get to talk. Yeah. And then if they say it again, I'm like, no, nah, bro, come on. And then, most of the time, they're like, oh, oh, you talk different. I'm like, different like how? I was like, no, you talk, you don't talk like a cop. Mm. I'm like, dude, how many cops do you talk to? Right. Like, I don't talk to cops. Then how do I you said, know? how do you know? He said, well, you know what I'm saying? I said, like on TV. I said, no, I know what you're saying. I said, because I'm just letting you know. Yeah. That's foul. You know what I'm saying? I said, if, if I were to get out of my car and call you XYZ, I said, that's disrespect. I said, I'm a man before I'm a cop. Yeah. I said, so I hope you see that. And I get it. The police have a horrible history. Um, and deservedly so. Rich, Richmond, I'm going to tell them Richmond right now. Richmond was established, had established a police department. It's one of the oldest in the country, hmm. like 250 years. Wow. Like in the 1800s. They've only allowed black people and women to be cops for like 80 years. Hmm. Initially, black cops couldn't even drive cars. Wow. Couldn't arrest white people. Hmm. This is real, real. Yeah. And people are like, well, that's over. You know, you don't have to worry about it. No, no, sir. You still have people who have that mentality that say, oh, black cop. And not only do we get it from the racist white folks, I'm getting it from black people mm. who are like, you, the younger black people, like you sell out, you clown. I'm like, hey, yo. But here's the thing. Again, I knew when I signed up for the job I, that that was a, um, a thing I may have to deal with. But dealing with a one-on-one -on -one ain't so bad. You get used to it. You get a tough skin. So what? Thousands of people doing it and you get it every day and you get um, no chance to talk to them. Yeah. Because you got, you've been muted and gagged to say, nah, we, no, don't even address that. And you got to hold it in. Hold that emotion in. Just, nah, keep it. Mm -hmm. Put it in your pocket. What? That, y'all didn't chance to do that. You gave me this badge so I could handle situations. Let me handle it. Nah, no. So how do you, have you experienced racism? Because you touched on it a little bit. Have you experienced racism on job? Not just from people that, you know, you might be interacting with in the community in terms it's, of like offenders, but like even coworkers or it's, colleagues. It's, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I've been working since I was, what, 19? The way, it, the way it is in regular corporate America and any job, it's the same way. Right. With the police department. It's subtle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But that's everywhere. It's at the library. It's at Food Line. It's at, you know, Kingsman. Whatever job you name it, Verizon, 
everywhere. You got racist people everywhere. You got racist cops too. Here's the thing, because I'm older, you know that's not gonna fly. Yeah. If I come on now, if you do something that I can prove, nah, bro. You no, we gotta get you up out of here. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's subtle things that I can't prove, but I I address those things too. Yeah. And and you know how we do. And I don't want to assume anything. Here's how I do it. Because I've been through it, I make sure they know that I think a certain thing about them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, and that, I've got stories, and I don't really want to go into it. All I'm going to say is, yes, it exists, but it's not because they're police officers. It's because they're just racist, period. If they were a race car driver, Mm-hmm. If they were a football player, if they were a lawyer, if they were a doctor, they would be racist. Right. It's just worse because they're a cop and they're and in a the position of power. Higher. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Back to training. How do you out the racist? How do you get the racist part of that person to come out while you're training them? I mean, how? you can't even do that in corporate America, to your you point. Can't. That's so. what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, I do have an idea. And I actually got these this idea from my students. I um I teach some criminal justice classes over at the Tech Center with Richmond Public Schools uh-huh. with my man um, Draymond Miller. They come over to the academy and we talk to the kids about you know what to do when we stop by the police, all those things, right? And law and what you have the right to do, all these things. One young lady, I think it was Janaya, she said, "Why don't you make it so that recruits before you come become a police officer, you have to do." Community service in the communities that you're going to serve for a year. Yes. I said, what you're talking about, child? (laughs) You know, getting the kids off the bus, um, taking them to lunch, helping them with their homework for like a whole year. I said, what? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? I said, like in um, in Jackson Ward? She said, yeah. I said, Hillside? She said, yeah. I said, hey, yo. She sounds like a very smart, smart You better believe it. Yes. I said, because guess what that does? So let's say whoever it is, Johnny, is not used to the culture. Within a year, you're going to see some things. And then on top of that, if you've been getting Jalen off the bus Mm -hmm. for a year, you see him go from third grade to fourth grade. You know his mama, Miss Jenkins, right? When he sees Jalen with a gun, don't you think he's less likely to shoot Jalen? Yeah, because he knows Because he knows him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this came through what? Training? Yeah. When hey, look, when Naya said that, I said, hey, yo, they all wrote their joints down. And I ended up passing them on. Um, and it's, you know how it is with any department and any job. You got lawyers, well, what's the rules and the liability and what if this happens? Yeah. And the, and the wheels of change are very slow. They are. Um, but I believe there are some smart people like Janiyah with great ideas that need to be implemented um, to weed it. Because, like, for real, we, it's enough. It, we cannot keep having this happen. Like, I'm so sick of even talking about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I talk to cops about it all the time. Like, we really have those talks. And they know me. I'm, I'm very vocal. At work, I'm like, hey, yo, what? I'm like, explain this. And it's kind of, it's kind of foul that I'm even doing that because they didn't do it. Yeah. I'm like, how in the world? Like they know him or something. I'm yeah. like, you, this person did this. Explain that to me. 
And then someone like, what, a raw is? I'm like, nah, man. And then part of me, I'm taking it personal. I'm like, nah, man, you know what? What's crazy to me is happening to black people. I was like, why doesn't that happen to other people? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's black men is unarmed being killed by the police. I'm like, why doesn't that happen to everybody? So let's, let's talk about that for a second, right? Because I think one thing that I like about the idea that the young lady came up with is that, you know, that exposure yeah. creates the empathy that you would need yes. in order to actually serve the yes, community, yes. right? Yeah. And so when you have people who have not been exposed to people that don't look like them and they haven't been exposed to conditions that, you know, th- that they haven't come across, um... And so, so they don't understand when they interact with people. Like, when you have that, then you create this sort of fear of people, right? Fear of people, fear of situations. Misunderstanding, you don't have an understanding. And that's how people get killed. Watch this. It goes both ways, though. Yeah. It just shows up differently. Yeah. Let me give you one of my most uncomfortable moments. I go, there was a, um, a trailer park um, off of Bainbridge. It ended up getting washed away because um, of all the rain and it flooded. But one of the first calls, I was, maybe I had a couple years under my belt. Anyway, go into this dude's um, trailer. He says to me, now listen very closely. He says, yeah, officer, I've got a problem. I was like, okay, what's the problem? He says, my um, girlfriend and her boyfriend are coming into my house and they're eating up all my food. So I'm like, Wait, what? What'd you just say? He said, yeah, my girlfriend, she has a boyfriend now, and, you know, they, they're coming in to eat all my food. I said, what, they break in? They come when you're not here? He was like, no, I'm here when it happens. It, that was one of the most uncomfortable calls I'd ever been on. Because you know what I had to say? I was like, what? <laughs> I just like a dummy, like a complete idiot. I'm like, what? What did you... What happened? <laughs> Another officer comes in. My backup comes. Comes in. He says the same thing. That officer, they dead when they're chest bumping and fist bumping, mm-hmm. laughing, talking about the situation, handled it. I didn't, I didn't have that in my bag. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. I was very uncomfortable. Yeah. And that was... Believe it or not, the most uncomfortable call I've ever had. And I'm not saying scared. Mm-hmm. I've been in a scary situation. The scary is not so bad to me if I understand what's going on. If you got a gun, I'm like, right. all right, you got a gun. All right, this is bad, but I understand what's happening. I don't even know what you're saying to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, on another side, and here's the thing, with the mental health side, one of the reasons I became an instructor because that call actually was the call that scared me the most. Because when you run up on somebody who is having an episode and they're catatonic where they're not even talking and nothing I'm going to do is going to get you to talk, that's scary too. Yeah. To me. Yeah. So I end up, you know, end up working at Tucker's at um, Chippenham for two years. So I could see situations up close and figure out how to handle them. Now, I did that on my own because I'm the type of person, if, I really, if I'm afraid of something, I really want to study it so I'm not scared anymore. Yeah. And here's the thing. It didn't take away my fear. But I have much more understanding and I have more clues that I'll notice. Yeah. And I know what to do and I can employ those tactics. Now again, let's bring it back to 
if you can't relate, if you don't understand, what do you do to not look stupid like Officer Elamini? That just keep saying what? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and again, it could be a perfect storm. It could be, I don't know. Let's say, let's say we got Jalen again. Jalen got baby mama drama, mm -hmm. and not that it doesn't happen with Steve. It happens with all cultures, right? Mm -hmm. But certain cultures talk in a certain way, yeah. right? And if you've never seen a lady go off on her baby daddy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really think nothing's going to happen. I mean, she might hit him upside the head a couple times. Right. But that's just my experience. Exactly. Right? Another officer might think, oh my goodness, he's going. she's going to kill him. Yeah. Or he's going to kill her. And he can articulate, well, she had a knife. Yep. And she was going to, so I shot her. And by the letter of the law, he'd be within his right to do that. Now, me, and not, not to say that I couldn't make a mistake like that where I'm not more empathetic. Yeah. But again, give me that perfect answer where you'll be able to say, if you do this every time, this is going to happen. That doesn't exist. Yeah. I think you start with, how much do you really care? Where have you served people before? That needs to be on the interview when you become a cop. All right, why do you want to be a cop? How, have you been serving somewhere? Where, where have you served people? The right, community. Right. Tell me about your times that you've served the community. That's what I want to talk about for an hour straight. Mm. Instead of you six foot, you got muscles, you got a driver's license, you're 21, you don't have any felonies. You got to have your GED or high school diploma. You don't have to have a degree. Yeah. Which I'm not, and I'm not judging. Because um, I, look, I dropped out of college. I think the thing is compassion. You need to get it, folks, about that compassion. And, and watch this. Make them prove it. You got to prove it. <laughs> Before you get that car and that gun, you got to make an officer or a panel of officers who got some years say, no, nah, he or she's going to be all right. And if they're not all right, you know, it'll be a sticky situation. But, yeah, I think they got the juice. And I don't know about say got the juice. I'm sorry. <laughs> you said that's when you tell um, your age right there. Uh, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> no, but um, but I, I, for, I just want to say thank you for um, doing this interview. I told you I wasn't going to keep you longer than an hour. I'm nah, going to stick to it. I know I made it this long. I talk <laughs> people's heads off when I get passionate. And I'm very passionate about good police. I, I just, I just am. Because it is necessary, right? When people talk defund the police, no police. I'm like, bro, if, if there was no police, like none, mm. like come on now, come on, be serious. And I'm with you. You said earlier, people expect us to be doctors and mental health specialists. No, we're not. But for years and years, we just have to handle it. That's the way we knew how. Yeah. And now it's coming to light. Yeah. Because we have phones everywhere. We have yeah. This stuff has actually been happening for forever and a day. Yeah. We just it's didn't more have visible. the Yes, it's more visible. Yep. Right. So now we really got to fix it. But I think the way you fix it, honestly, is with the people, with the people, with the people you bring aboard. Um, and, and believe it or not, and I'm telling you, the cats I work with, the people I work with, they are like me. I'm not unique. I don't want y'all to think, oh, Rod, super. No, I'm not. Right. 
Not everybody talks like me. They don't have the same experience. I'm just talking about their um, genuine empathy and, and passion and caring about folks. They really got that thing. The ones that I know, know. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I can't speak for everybody. Um, and if you don't have that, no, nah, man, go go somewhere else. Go do something else. Then you shouldn't be a police officer. You shouldn't be a police officer. You should just do something else. Yes. You, there are other jobs. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I'm not I'm not one to tell people what to do, but man, you could I don't know. Go <laughs> go up to McDonald's, you can fly a plane. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do, but don't come don't come Just here. don't be a police officer. No, don't cuz. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, there you have it, folks. Officer L. I mean, thank you so much again for joining us today. Uh, And y'all remember, police are people too, y'all. Hey. (laughs) Officer Elamine is a community police officer with the Richmond, Virginia Police Department. As a community officer, his focus is serving marginalized youth and exposing them to positive police presence and creating opportunities for them to circumvent their circumstances. We thank you for the work that you do. To learn more about community policing enrichment and how you can get involved, check out rva.gov backslash police backslash community care unit.